You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. In today's message, Pastor Josh brings a very special word on this Christmas Day as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and pray that you are reminded of who Jesus is and that He came to bring salvation to us all. Well, good morning, church family. How are we? Merry Christmas! We are so thankful that you are here. There are so many more people coming in. We are anticipating a great, great morning and a quicker morning than usual. Uh, here is why. There, there, as you have imagined and seen, there is no child care. Uh, and so let's give a little bit of rundown of, of what the morning may may look like. We're going to sing songs that are going to point us to Christ, and we're also going to sing a few songs that are going to get everybody singing in the room, okay? And some of those will combine, and some of those you're going to think, oh boy, all right, okay. But it is going to be a great family Christmas morning, and that's what we're going to celebrate together, uh, that we get to be here together, and we have the hope uh, that we have in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so, with that being said, I am so thankful that you are here. For the little ones who are in the room, we are so thankful that you have chosen or you've been drug in here to join us today. If for any reason you need to to get up and mom and dad or grandparents or aunt and uncle or somebody says that's okay, that's okay by us. If we need to be loud for a little bit, that's completely fine by us. When we hear, truly, like you need to hear this, when we hear loud, when we hear screaming, when we see people get up and move and run around, that is not a distraction. That is life for a church. Uh, And I am so thankful that we have so much of that, and I'm thankful that you and your family are here today. And so with all All of that being said, I'd love to ask the Lord's blessing on our time this morning, Uh, and then our worship team, Mike, is going to come out and lead us in song this morning. Let us pray together. Father, we do love you, and we thank you for a beautiful day. I thank you, Father, for the beautiful cold and clear day that is outside. I am thankful for the comfortable, warm sanctuary to sit in and worship you. God, thank you for loving this world enough, sending your son, Jesus, to come, to die and to raise again. That on this day, yes, we remember his birth. We remember the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. But we are so thankful that that you lived a perfect life that we couldn't live and you took the death that we deserved and as you were, you were killed in our place, that three days later you rose from that grave, defeating hell, death, and the grave forevermore. And that is the confidence that we have to come and worship you this morning. So according to your word, we come with boldness to the throne of grace. And we just want you to know that we love you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for what you have done and continue to do for us every day. Oh, Jesus, we love you. And it's in your name that we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So when he said worship team, this is the worship team this morning. (laughs) Merry Christmas. So, uh, hey, we're going to try something a little different this morning. It's going to be really fun, or it's going to be really disastrous. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to take the chance. So if you are a kid in the room and you want to come right up here and sit on the steps with me, I'm going to sit right here and we're going to sing some songs together. So come on.
All right, come on, everybody, sit on the steps, face your parents, wave to your parents. All right, look at this. All right, now be honest with me. How many of you have already opened presents this morning? Well, some of you, some of you haven't opened presents yet. All right, well, I got some anxious kids here. <laughs> All right, so here we go. All right, now you have to sing really, really loud. Can you do that for me? Yep, some of these songs you're going to know, I think, okay? So here we go. And, and parents, you can sing too. All right, so here we go. Ready? Uh-oh. So soon. Here we go. And jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. In a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Now, you probably don't know these verses, but let's sing them. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. And soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side the horse was lean and lank misfortune seemed his lot he got into a drifted bank and then we got up sot oh jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh hey jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh A day or two ago This story I must tell I went out on the snow And on my back I fell Ouch A jerk was riding by In a one-horse open sleigh He laughed as there I sprawling lie But quickly drove away Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all. Here we go, come on. Oh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. All right, give yourselves a hand. That was good. All right, how about this one? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Some piggy pudding. Now bring us some piggy pudding. Wait a minute. Does 
Anybody know what figgy pudding is? Have you ever had figgy pudding? Wow. What is it? It's figgy pudding. Okay. All right. Okay, well, let's sing it anyway. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. And bring it right here. We won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. So bring it right here. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Joy to the world. Come on, sing. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare in room. Let heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy. Sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. Wonders, wonders of His love, and wonders, wonders of His love. All right, how about this one? The first Noel, the was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so And so it can 
kids. It was really good. Okay, you can go back to your seats now. Go find your parents.
Great job, thank you, and Merry Christmas. Well, we can go home now. That was fantastic. All right, I absolutely love that. That was great. Well, if you are here today and you have your copy of God's Word or you have a phone that can get you to Bible.com, I would love for you to open to a passage you probably know all too well today. Maybe it's a passage you've already read with your family this morning or will read at some point today. It is Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is, is the story of Christmas, the, the, the story of Jesus being born. And it's not the only place in the Gospels that we see it, but it's probably the place that we look to the most for, for clarity and, and what happened. But this morning, again, I, I don't want to ever reinvent something, but I know that Christmas doesn't fall on a Sunday that often. And so, no doubt, because Mike has already asked the question, uh, but I didn't get a chance to see it. Who in here, boys and girls, have already opened presents this morning? Yes, that's so good. All right. Parents, was anybody surprised at what they opened this morning? No, just me. Fantastic. Great. Okay. Wonderful. So, so as we, we look to this Christmas day, no doubt it has been a blast already and will continue to be throughout the day. But if we are honest, and, and we should be, for, for we should be honest people all the time, but we are honest inside the church, there is a lot of Christmas day that is disappointment. And what I mean by that disappointment is maybe your hopes are set on this, this thing or, or this situation or this scenario and you just know it's going to turn out that way and then you wake up to not that thing or not that scenario. I remember growing up and I remember, and this was, this, I'm a believer by this time and I'm reading God's word and I know that God's word tells me that if I delight myself in the Lord, then he's going to give me what? the desires of my heart. And I took that to mean what the Bible says. And I wanted the Lord to give me a go-kart. And I just knew because not only was I a good boy, I loved the Lord and I made sure I was in the Bible every single day and I made sure that he knew about it. So I would open and pray, Lord, you see, don't you? All right, let's get into the word and read. And I just knew, just knew on Christmas morning, I would roll out of bed and I would go outside. I'd put on my bicycle helmet and it would turn into a go-kart helmet. And I remember that day so vividly, truly, I get out of bed. I run through the hallway, take a right through the kitchen, open the garage door, to see nothing, absolutely devastated. How could the Lord let me down like that? Come to find out after some years of maturing and people pointing it out to me, funny enough, that verse doesn't mean that. But the disappointment is still real nonetheless when we have an idea about the way something should go and then it turns out completely differently. Did you know the first Christmas was just that. It was one of the biggest trials of a family's life that they ever experienced. Now we know Luke 2 and, and we know the idea of, of Jesus being born into the world and, and we get the beauty of, of what John tells us that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. But if you back up in Luke to chapter 1, there's this moment that, that Mary is engaged to the love of her life named Joseph, and everything about her life seems to be going just fine. And then all of a sudden, an angel named Gabriel shows up. Now that's gotta be a pretty big deal. Not only is it an angel, but it's one that has a name. And this angel shows up and he tells her two things. She says, Mary, 
You are favored by God and the Lord is with you. That's got to be awesome. She's living her best life. She is, she is engaged to her soon-to-be husband. Life is going just as she plans it. An angel shows up and says, you're favored by God, and God has a plan for your life. And that has got to be something incredible. Here's what the angel says, Luke 1. She's been chosen to carry a special baby. And this baby's going to be really special, like Savior of the world special, like God's own son, special. Her response, if you go back and read it, it's a little more involved than this, but understanding our audience this morning, she says, how can I have a baby if I'm not married yet? And Gabriel says, don't worry about that. God's got it all worked out. And Mary ends that section, Luke chapter one, verse 38, by saying this, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So for her, essentially, she says this. I trust God, and whatever he thinks best is what I think is best. Have you ever been there in your life? Where you've come to that moment of surrender, and we said, Lord, I trust you with my life. And what we believe in saying that is God's going to give us something great, something awesome. That life for us is going to be better than we could ever imagine it to be. You know what happens next? She becomes pregnant, and she's not married yet, and God did work all of that out. And the first thing she did is she went and told her husband, Joseph, who had a really hard time with that storyline. And so what the Bible tells us in Matthew is that because he loved her and he was a good man, that he chose to, to divorce her quietly. That is until God sends another angel to go talk to Joseph. And so that angel gets Joseph lined out and gets him on board with this incredible plan. But no doubt Mary is already thinking, this is way harder than I thought it would be. Time goes by and the baby Jesus is soon to be born. No doubt they are sitting in Nazareth. And they are waiting on Jesus to be born and they are probably making the nursery what it should be as all young parents do for their first child. They, they want everything to be nice and neat and pristine. It's not like the third kid. Man, I just, you're going to get what you get and don't throw a fit. It's going to be great. You're going to survive. It's going to be wonderful. First kid, they're planning, they're excited. And then Luke chapter two, starting in verse one. And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius, the governor of Syria, and they all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was in the house and the lineage of David to be, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now, we read that a lot. Let me fill you in. Mary, nine months pregnant, about to have a baby. They don't have a car. They don't have Uber. 95 miles between Nazareth and Bethlehem. Nine months pregnant, on a donkey, traveling the hillsides. And they get there, and all of a sudden, Mary says, uh-oh, it's time to have a baby. You can just imagine Mary praying, Lord, God, what? This is not how I planned it to be. Verse 6, and while they were there, time came for her to give birth. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the end. Wait, God, you planned this whole thing out and there's not even a place for me to put him that's acceptable? Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. But the second part of this narrative, starting in verse 8. But in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and it will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, listen to these words that all of heaven is singing in this moment. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those of whom he is pleased. All right. So you have one family, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Life up until this moment is unfolding in a way that they never dreamt of, and that's not necessarily a good thing. And so in their obedience, it is obedience to God's will for their life, it is filled with, oh God, I didn't see this coming, I didn't, I didn't know this was your plan for me, but I trust you, I know you're good. And so every step seemed to be painstakingly obedient. But then all of a sudden, Jesus is born, all of heaven opens up to this hillside, to this group of people who had no clue what was going on, and declares God's glory in the highest of places. What they're saying effectively is this, right now in heaven, in the highest of places, there are shouts of glory and praise for this thing that has just happened. And on earth where you live, it's going to bring peace and goodwill to all those who God finds favor in. The reason I bring this Christmas narrative to you today is because there are many times that our life has not turned out the way that we thought it should be, but we can rest assured it is always exactly how God has sovereignly placed it to be. That's a big deal for us. That as we look to the life of Mary, and of Jesus and of Joseph, we can see that no doubt their life is turned upside down. But in their obedience and God's goodness, salvation is brought to the world. They may have seen it as a hardship, but God never saw it as something that was difficult. For God was moving them in the exact place that they needed to be to fulfill the prophecies of the one who was to come. And so what happens here is when the angel went from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, verse 15, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And they saw it. And they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So, so they, they said, hey, look, you're not going to believe this. We're sitting on the hillside. We're minding our own business. We're tending our flock at night. And heaven opens up. And what they just told us is all of heaven is shouting glory and peace is coming to the earth. And it's because of that baby right there. No doubt. Mary's like, whew, I'm glad something good's coming from this. It says it a different way, but here's what it says. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
And Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And all of life's disappointments over the last nine months for her, that maybe life didn't turn out the way, because the original, the original line from Gabriel was, Mary, be, be encouraged. You are favored and you are loved by God. And no doubt there's got to be a time in that stretch that she said, Lord, you, your love is hard. Your, your, your way seems to be more difficult than I thought it to be. But then she has these shepherds come in and say, you're not going to believe what we just heard. You're not going to believe what we just saw. All of heaven is singing praise because of your son, Jesus, and he's going to bring peace to us. So Mary treasures these things, and she ponders them in her heart. And then verse 20, listen. And the shepherds returned. So they go, they go back. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So here's the deal for us today. No doubt the shepherds didn't expect their night either. Turned upside down, they're minding their business, they're in the field watching their flock at night, and all of a sudden the black sky is ripped open and all of heaven opens up and there is a great worship service going on and they are blown away. They share it with Mary. They're so excited to give her the good news, but then they come back, and what does that good news do in them as they go back to their life? It brings them worship and praise. So for us today, church family, and for us today, uh, for us everyday church family, it is this, is that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ no doubt has probably upended your life as it should have. I am thankful that God, when he found me, didn't leave me the way that I was. And I know that's the same for you because that's the beauty of this gospel story. So when our life is turned upside down in so many ways because God says, I love you and I've got a plan for you, so let me take that life you thought was going to be good and I'm going to turn it this way and show you something better, we can trust it for he is good. But not only are we trusting that in the chaos of our life that God is good, but we are also shouting the good news that God is good and what we have seen and heard and know to be true. So this Christmas day, I don't know where you are, I don't know what your life looks like today, but this is what I do know. God sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. He has invited you to have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. So all of heaven sings his glory and praise, and peace comes to this earth through him and him alone. And so if you're here today and you've not put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, I invite you to do that now. But if you have, if you are a believer, if, if you are someone who has seen this to be true in your own life, I pray that as we leave today, our hearts are overjoyed with gladness that God came in and interrupted our life and what in a moment seemed to be a disappointment because life is different than we expected it to be that we can trust that it is good for he is good. And that is our story, and that is our song. And all of the heartache of Joseph and Mary, 
we get the Gospel of John. That the Word became flesh and it dwelt among us. It, he literally tabernacled. He, he came and built his house next to ours. And he promised never to leave us nor forsake us. That, my friends, is the good news on this Christmas day and every day moving forward. So here's what we're going to do to end our time together today. A little bit different. Not going to have a traditional response time. Yet we will have a response song. An opportunity for us to sing and, and declare God's goodness. The song that, that probably all of you know very well. Oh, come all ye faithful. And that is the call, not just on a Christmas day or in a Christmas season, but for every day. That we come, we declare his goodness and his glory to a world that's desperately waiting. Because church family, there's so many people in our lives, they will be at your dinner tables today, they will be in the, the, the paths of your life this week, and their life is going just like they planned it to, but it is leading them to a, an end that they have no clue how awful it's going to be. And you have an opportunity to speak life into them. You have an opportunity to speak Christ's love over them. And I pray that is indeed what followers of Christ would do. For we celebrate his coming today, but we celebrate his reigning kingship over us every day. So if you would, join me now as we pray and move into this last song of declaration. Let's pray together. Father, we do love you and we thank you for today. We thank you that on this day, we, we know. We know that even December 25th, completely symbolic. But we are so thankful that you sent your son. I thank you for the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph. I thank you for uh, giving them help when they needed it through angels. Every step you were there, every step you encouraged, every disappointment was met with your joy because your presence was near. And I thank you, God, that that's not just reserved for, for Mary and for Joseph. I'm thankful that is for all of your children. That in this life, we will have trouble, but we can take heart because you've overcome this world of trouble. We know that you love us and we know that you are near. So we ask, Father, to encourage our hearts today. If there be anyone in this room who doesn't know you, anyone in this room who is not born again, God, I pray in your grace you would make them born again today. I pray, Lord, for all those of us who are born again, that our hearts would be rejoicing for in some of our greatest of disappointments that we've ever experienced, we've seen your sovereign hand leading us to a better place than we ever thought possible. And so we trust you. For you are good. Your ways are higher than ours. Your thoughts are better than ours. And so Jesus, collectively in this moment, we say we love you and we thank you. It is in your powerful name that we pray and all God's people said. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. 
God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place. We worship you. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And we do give you all the glory in this place, for now and for always. In Jesus' name. Merry Christmas. You're dismissed.